0: Buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny.
1: Welcome to Gun Funny, episode 271. Today I'm going to chat with Kyle Lynch from Rifle Speed, discuss a ballot measure that just passed in Oregon, highlight the ARIC from Law Tactical, and talk about a man whose ship may have finally come in. I'm your host, Ava Flannell. Kyle, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
1: Of course. I just wanted to say that we were actually just talking about technical issues before we jumped on the show. And... I have to say, like, it's been one thing after another with my house. So this morning, my reverse osmosis system decided to, like, the drain tube, it popped out wherever it should have been because it wasn't clipped in properly, and it flooded my entire kitchen. So (laughs) I'm Uh, like, it's just been one thing after another, you know, and then you had technical issues, but hopefully we got all of the bad stuff out of the way, and the show is going to (laughs) be flawless, right?
2: (laughs) that's right we'll have a good time regardless
1: (laughs) exactly okay so i'm going to talk about smith and weston real quick If you guys are looking for a really easy gun to use, definitely check out the Shield Easy. I honestly, I can't say enough good things about it. It's really easy to rack the slide. It's easy to load because it has little tabs on the side like you would see typically in like 22 mags where it has that assist. So you don't need a speed loader. The recoil is, I mean, pretty great. They've done just such a good job of like the way that they engineered it, the ergonomics of it really well balanced. It's available in 380, nine millimeter and even the new 30 super carry best of all right now, they have a $50 rebate. If you purchase one from November 1st until December 31st. So if anything, it would even make like a really great Christmas gift for those who you know may not have found the perfect gun yet because they have a hard time racking the slide and all of that good stuff. So definitely check it out. You could head on over to smith-wesson.com for more info, but you could really go to any of your local dealers to buy one and then use that rebate to get that $50 back.
0: Learn the things you never knew. On deconstructing the industry.
1: Okay, so Kyle, you're from Rifle Speed, and actually, I met you at TriggerCon, and I was really impressed with the stuff that you guys had. And I have to say, the gas control that you came out with, and what is that thing called?
2: That's it. The gas control.
1: Okay. So I just wanted to make sure that it didn't have a specific name or something, but I thought that was like really innovative and, you know, something that a lot of people need, but you know, there's so many hoops to jump through. Whereas like you found a way to make it really easy. But before we start talking about that, I just want to know a little bit about your background and how you got into the industry.
2: Yeah, thank you. So I have been uh, very blessed I, in my career. I've had a number of, of those, you know, bucket list positions that when I was a young man, I said, you know, I would, I would always want to do. And all of that has led me to where I am now with rifle speed. I was an Army Ranger, uh, 2nd Ranger Battalion, I was able to go to uh, Iraq and Afghanistan and been a sheriff's deputy for a short time, decided that that was not something I wanted to do as a career. Uh, Even before that, you know, was a a volunteer fireman. So, kind of dabbled my toe, and I guess all of the uh, the things that young men want to do for adventure. I have worked uh, for several companies in the industry. In fact, since I left the army uh, in 2005, that's all I've done, and I've been, you know, blessed to know many good people and learn a lot of good things uh, as I've worked in the gun industry, and have worked on military weapons programs, optics programs. I've uh, done a lot of work with ammunition as it relates to uh, the weapons uh, that I have been uh, part of developing. Lots of accessory products and other products that are in use with militaries, both the U.S. military and around the world. I uh, have had the opportunity to train civilians, military police here in the U.S. Uh, and internationally. Uh, see some pretty cool places. And uh, all of that is really just born from the fact that I've always been a shooter. I've, I've loved firearms and, you know, I'm, I'm a Gen X nerd and I, you know, I'd scream Wolverines uh, any chance I got if the chance came up, which hmm. is may yet. And, uh, you know, I, I love what I do and have just been tremendously blessed to be able to make a living in the gun industry for the last couple of decades and with rifle speed and the success that we've had and, and what we have, which, you know, I'm a, a very modest person i I don't talk a lot in fact i joke we we did suppress fest this last weekend down in florida with the nfa review channel and i joke with somebody there that you know i'll talk more in one day of a trade show than i will the entire rest of the year but despite that i will definitely brag on rifle speed and the gas controls because for years we just did not have what what i consider to be a military or, or duty grade gas system for the ar which You know, at this point, at least in our our history, is the ultimate military rifle. Nothing else that we've Mm -hmm. had to survive this long. So I'm a gun lover most of all and have been blessed to be in the military and in the industry. And that's brought me where I am now.
1: Very nice. Let's talk about rifle speed. When did you start rifle speed?
2: So the the genesis of the entire project was at a rifle match that... uh, it was roughly eight years ago. I don't remember what year it was now. It, it's been a while. But I was in Douglas, Wyoming, shooting one of the competition dynamics matches uh, that had a carbine division. know, they'll have a precision rifle division and a carbine division in some of those matches. And day one of that match, it was 70 degrees, blue skies, just one of the most beautiful days that I've ever had on this earth. This was, I think, in April, if I recall correctly. So early... Spring, you know, which really in that part of the country is still late winter. Early spring, beautiful conditions, and I shot really well on day one of this two day match. I was in first place by such a margin that there was really no way that the second place guy could ever catch up. I mean, it was just a great day. Well, day two rolls around, and we have a foot of snow on the ground and sub freezing temperatures, and I had a single shot rifle. So the rifle that worked perfectly on day one now completely ceased to cycle. This is a 16-inch mid-length AR, you know, very standard, nothing, nothing crazy. 78 thou gas port, which you know, if, if any of the guys that are listening to this or girls that are listening to this know, that's pretty typical for a 16-inch mid-length AR. Some would even say a little large. It should have worked, mm-hmm. but it didn't. And this is with factory match ammunition. So that started the process of, okay, I need a larger gas port to allow for these worst-case conditions, cold mm-hmm. weather, you know, commercial two two three pressure ammunition. Well, I live in Tennessee, so in the summertime, it's 100 degrees with 100 percent humidity. Well, now I have a whole other set of issues from the larger gas port. So that led to now I need an adjustable gas block. And I spent the next year or so buying and breaking every adjustable gas block that was on the market at the time and decided this is not acceptable. This is a combat rifle. We have to have combat, military, duty grade, whatever you want to call it. We have to have a robust, reliable gas system for this rifle. And That's where it all started.
1: Hmm. Wow. And so tell me about just, I mean, the setup from, okay, you have this idea And turning it into like an actual thing, because there's lots of people out there that have great ideas, but then they think about the process and, you know, even just the legal issues and the money that it takes to, Mm -hmm. you know, so Mm -hmm. just tell me about that.
2: Yeah, I did not say this at the beginning, but I say it at the end now. The idea is the easy part.
1: Yeah. And,
3: And
2: I have you know people who work in the industry that are more on the operations side or machining and manufacturing side, and they'd say the exact opposite. So there's there's kind of a you know a, a question of you know what are your your gifts and your personalities here with this issue and how you look at it. But yeah. to me, the idea is the easy part, and you know as you mentioned, all of those things that stand between your idea and market success are the hard part. And it was a process that took roughly seven years, what? that cost you know really an absurd amount of money that I <laughs> probably never get back. Yeah. And uh, ended up with the last couple of years uh, where I, I finished this thing out purely, completely out of spite. I would you know, simply not accept uh, failure and would never quit. And you know, part of that goes back to, uh, you know, as cheesy as it might seem. Now, as a you know middle-aged guy, the idea of being a ranger and the ranger creed, and you will know, never, never surrender, and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But. It was a long process. It took much longer than I expected. Even having worked in the development of military weapons and the development of accessories, you know, for the industry for quite a few years at that point, it always takes longer than you think. But in this case, you know, as you know, a, a very small business, we've got just a couple of us at that point, and you know, now we're still fairly small. This thing has only been on the market for about a year you're always the last guy on the the list when you're having a machine shop make you, you know, one or two parts for iterative development versus, you know, a half million dollar production contract. That's just understandable and that's just something that you have to work with. And you, know, you work through it as you can over years of time and uh, there would be cases where we would uh, you know, make a change and iterate the product and then we would begin the next round of testing on that product and Having waited months to get these parts in some cases, at the worst of it, 10 minutes after you fire the first shot, you already know that you've got to change it again (laughs) and do it all over again. So, yeah, that's that's definitely a process. The legal issues, you know, just the patents. We have several patents on this now. Uh, All of that costs well in excess of $10,000 just for uh, the first couple of patents, and we've got a couple more since then. Wow. And, uh, you know, the materials, of course, all of this was coming to market right about the time that the whole COVID nonsense blew up. So if you recall at the time, material costs were just going through the roof.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We had tremendous increases in the cost of steel and supply chain issues. That's really when the uh, everything started to derail. So we would spend, you know, instead of buying enough material to to do what we needed to do in the next few months, we would you know, spend tens of thousands of dollars to buy material for what we thought would be the next year and very long, very difficult process. But I have been blessed to have a couple people involved with the project that have really made it possible. Some great friends in the industry, good friends at one of the well-known suppressor manufacturers that at the time had a little bit of a lull and had some engineering capacity. So they helped me with some things early on that, that really helped shape the development of the product. And, uh, have gotten it now to the point where, after roughly a year of sales, it is uh, more successful than I would have ever imagined. And you know, we're on a really good path uh, to this day. We've still not had any failures. You know, knock on wood. Nobody has come back to me and said this thing just doesn't work. This thing is a piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. We've had a few customers with minor issues that we've been able to work through in every case. And you know, it has been a, a tremendous success and it is heartening to me in fact just yesterday I saw a video on youtube that was posted in the last week where one of the youtubers did a one year later review on the gas control and of course you know the initial youtube video is kind of the still in the honeymoon phase where you may get a new toy and mm-hmm. uh, it's the coolest thing at that point but to see the results a year later where you know someone who shoots as part of their job is satisfied enough with the product to come back. And I didn't even know this was going to happen. You know, I think it's kind of common perception that if you see a, a review on YouTube that, you know, somebody's paid the guy to make that. And that's not necessarily the case. Uh, I did not even know this year later video was coming out mm-hmm. until I saw it on YouTube, you know, roughly a week after it had been posted. So but to kind of close that loop, it has been a tremendously painful <laughs> and difficult process. But it has resulted in something that has exceeded even my expectations, and I have extremely high standards for this sort of thing, and has so far been very well received by everyone who's tried it.
1: Nice. That's awesome. I'm going to take a quick break, talk about primary arms real quick. I know it's still a little early, but Christmas is coming. Primary Arms has a bunch of stuff on sale. So if you want to get started on holiday shopping, now would be a great time. They have Anderson lowers and uppers for roughly $43, Magpul 27 round Glock mags, roughly $16, uh, $16 for Lancer translucent mags, lower parts kit for just $42. I mean, all kinds of parts that you would need you know to put together an AR they have the Aero Precision lowers for only $85 the handguards for Roughly $104. I mean, all kinds of stuff, and you really can't beat the prices. Also, if you decide that you want to buy the GLX one to six by twenty-four FFP optic from Primary Arms, you'll also receive a free one-piece scope mount when you use the code Ava, and that is A V A. All kinds of great stuff. Check them out. Head on over to primaryarms.com. I'm sure a lot of listeners are probably thinking, okay, it's you know about 13 minutes into the show. And what the hell is Rifle Speed? Can you just describe the product that you've been working on for the last seven years, what it is and what it does and all that great stuff?
2: Definitely. So Rifle Speed manufactures high-end accessories for the AR. That's kind of the short version of it. Our primary product is the Rifle Speed Gas Control. It's a tool-free, completely modular, adjustable gas system for the AR. With numbered, repeatable settings, distinct detent clicks at each position, the system is completely modular and can work with any cartridge, any barrel length, any gas system length, and provides a range of adjustments for an AR, AR AR-15 or AR-10 style in any configuration, whereas before to adjust your gas, you would typically have to use a long Allen wrench, a little tiny Allen wrench, you had to carry that with you. There are no numbers, no settings. You had to wonder which position you were on or dial all the way to the bottom or to the top and count down. Now, you simply look at the control knob on your gas control and you can see, I'm on position number two, I'm on position number seven, I'm on position number one, and you instantly know where you are. You can have a suppressed setting. You can have an unsuppressed setting. You can use these wide open or all the way closed because the system is completely modular. You can define what those things mean. The important part of that is it gives you the opportunity to exactly set up the gas system on your rifle for ideal performance, regardless of configuration or cartridge.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. And so I tried this out when I was at TruerCon and you can feel the difference. I mean, I was really impressed. I wasn't sure really what to, you know, what to expect. And I looked at the video footage and I mean, you can see the difference, but really it's one of those things that you yeah. have to try for yourself that you really feel more than anything.
2: Yeah. As I mentioned, we did Suppress Fest this last weekend, which was put on by the NFA Review Channel. This is down in uh, near Leesburg, Florida, and you know had the basically the exact same results there that we did at TriggerCon where You'll see a shooter come by, and you know, they hear the little spiel we give about what is the gas control, you know, this, this tool-free gas system, blah, blah. And you can <laughs> – sometimes more than less. Sometimes people are very receptive to it. Sometimes people kind of understand what it means to adjust the gas on an AR. In a lot of cases, you know, people have no idea. There's a very significant lack of understanding about what we're really doing here, and I appreciate the opportunity to come on shows like yours to talk about this for that reason. But you'll see, you know, this guy or gal walks up to the booth and I'm giving them the little 30 second pitch. And they are, it's very clear they're not buying it. -hmm. Uh, Maybe they've had an experience with, you know, something like this before, or they just don't understand. But you can see they're looking at me like, yeah, whatever. You know, I don't believe a word this guy's saying, but when you put that gun in their hand, and you let them shoot, and we, we do for everybody, basically the same thing we did for you. And mm-hmm. you may not be old enough to remember the Pepsi challenge, but for those of us that do, yeah, I do. We, do an a, right. we do an A and a B demonstration, a before and after. So we start out with a you know, very typical factory representative sample of an AR, you know a standard off-the-shelf barrel, mm-hmm. an H-buffer, a standard carbine spring, nothing fancy. And we let them shoot with the gas control adjusted wide open. That simulates how that suppressed AR would shoot with a normal fixed gas block, okay? And then we let them shoot five rounds. We'll have 10 rounds in the mag. we we'll let them shoot the first five rounds so they can establish kind of a baseline of how that AR shoots and how it feels. And it's very normal AR, suppressed AR stuff that they experience. There's going to be a little bit of gas in their face. The recoil is going to be kind of snappy, and they're going to notice that their sights want to come up and off the target. hmm once we dial the gas down, happiness of that recoil turns into a smooth push. The gas is no longer blown back in their face, and their sights hover in the center of the target. Once they feel it, there's no denying it. There's no discussion to be had, and we get results or you know, reactions, I should say, that range from wow to you know, expletives that I'm not going to say on your show. And, you know, they're calling their buddies over, man, you got to shoot this thing. You got you to feel this because it's so clear and it's really undeniable. And no amount of yakking from me or the other people that we have in the booth are, are going to convey that the same way that shooting this gun will. And this is something that competitive shooters have known for a long time. You know, the adjustable gas has been kind of a thing there where you, you tune that gun where it just barely runs and you have very minimal recoil. The gun is smooth, and your sights never leave the target. But we've never had that opportunity as military or tactical shooters. And now we do because we finally have a system that is simple enough and robust enough and that can be used with no tools. When I say used with no tools, I mean adjusted, assembled, disassembled, reconfigured, or rebuilt – All of that can be done with no tools. And as you saw when we were in Kansas, the entire system is just incredibly simple.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I just I kind of just got a notification about my dog. I gave her a genetic test to see what she is. Uh And she's only six pounds. And they're saying she's like an Australian shepherd. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) 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 Like that is not even I'm like, what did I just pay this for? (laughs) Right. <laughs> That's why I was like, I mean, I was like listening, but then I looked at this and I'm like, what? Because I've been waiting weeks to get this report back. And, yeah. um, <laughs> okay, hold on. Funny. So, looking at your website, I think that a lot of people are probably you know, if they don't have a lot of experience, they're probably going to question the different sizes that you have. So you have like 0.625, 0.750, and then 0.875 profile gas controls. Can you just explain the difference and, you know, what people would want if they're looking to buy one?
2: Yeah, definitely. So all of that is going to be based on the barrel that you're using on your AR. The overwhelming majority of the market uses a 750 diameter. When I say 750 diameter, that is 750 thousandths of an inch, if I can say the word. So the the journal, the part of the barrel where your gas block sits, that's what we're measuring. So you'll see what are often referred to as a pencil barrel. Okay, That's going to be a 625 diameter. Most of your standard barrels, again, are going to be 750 diameter. And then some larger barrels, which a lot of times you'll see referred to as a heavy barrel or a bull barrel, those will be an 875 diameter. So those three numbers correspond directly with the diameter of the gas journal. The other sizes that we have are going to be based on the length of your barrel, your gas system, and your handguard. The very first link on the entire website, the very top left says choose your gas control. So what we've done to make this process simple is set up an online calculator that lets you enter your barrel length, your gas system length, and your handguard length, and it will then display color-coded results showing you which gas control is right for your carbine. Red for no, green for go. With this tool, you can also enter custom measurements. We have kind of a list of standard sizes that are on there that that make it simple just to use a drop down. You can also enter a custom measurement. You know, there are some less common configurations where, you know, that that might not fit into the standard uh, selections that we have. So you can enter your custom measurements there. And that's going to let you know which gas control works. You do need roughly a half of an inch of exposed control knob ahead of your handguard to easily make adjustments. Now what I mean there, if you look at the different lengths that we have, you'll see everything from a little short model to a a very long and almost kind of silly looking model. Those allow you to use handguards of different lengths so that you can have anywhere from a half of an inch to about one and a half inches of The forward portion of the control knob where the numbers are engraved to grasp with your fingers and turn to make adjustments. So summarize all of that, the three diameters are based on the measurement of the diameter of your gas journal on your barrel. Mm -hmm. The lengths are based on your barrel length, your gas system length, and your handguard length, all of which can be entered into the configurator, our online calculator. To give you color-coded fitment results.
1: Hmm. Interesting. That's a really nice breakdown of explaining everything. Because I think a lot of times what? I have guests on here and even I've gotten to a point where I'm like, oh, everybody knows what that is. you know. Right. And then I have to remember that, yeah, no, when I first started, I had no idea. I remember building my first AR and somebody said that I needed a gas tube and I was like, okay, well, how do I know what to get? And, you know, I mean, just a lot of things that you don't think that you need for the AR when you're building one. You just think you need like, you know, parts kit, the lower, the upper, the handguard, the barrel, trigger, stock. And you're like, all right, I'm all set. You know, I mean, even like the buffer and tube and all that, you don't even think about.
2: Right. And we've done a lot of work to try to make it simple. You know, this. It probably sounds a lot more complicated than it really is as I describe it, but we've got a lot of resources on the website. We've got the rifle blog section where we have several articles that go into very basic, you know, and all this is spelled out in layman's terms, the basic operation of the rifle. You know, you have pressure, mass, and time. All of that's explained. We've got the configurator that tries to make it simple because it's not easy mm-hmm. if you're brand new to this. And, yeah. on a, and really on this subject – even people who have a significant amount of experience as an end user with this rifle system, they don't really understand the importance of the gas system. I actually watched the YouTube video a couple of weeks ago. The yeah, guy had been to a training course and had some footage from the training course in the video that he posted on YouTube. And there's a what is clearly a very experienced military shooter who is giving a breakdown of the type of setup that they're using on the rifles for this course. And it was good information. You know, he talks about the barrel and the bipod and the stock and cheek weld and trigger and all of these things. And I'm going to paraphrase now, but he got to the gas system and he literally said, and this is a paraphrased version. He said, yeah, the gas system, whatever it is, what it is and moved on to the next thing. And I heard that and my jaw absolutely dropped because I, you know, I couldn't believe that somebody with this amount of experience mm-hmm. has such little understanding of just how important the gas system is on a gas-operated rifle. And if you think about it in those terms, this is not a buffer-operated rifle. It's not a spring-operated rifle. We often hear, in fact, because there has been a lack of a real robust adjustable gas system for this rifle, You know, we hear about addressing – the symptoms of an overgassed rifle, whether it's because of a suppressed you know, being suppressed or the gas port itself or ammunition variants or any of those things, we hear about treating it through buffers and springs because there's not really been a real duty-grade way to do it through the gas system. Now there is, and I will always say the right way to manage the gas in a gas-operated rifle is to do it at the port rather than to treat the symptoms. So even though there is definitely a lack of understanding of you know, new people or those who have just started with ARs, I guess we should say, there is definitely a, a lack of understanding by even experienced people who, who don't understand just how much of an improvement they can make to their shooting experience. So the way their rifle handles and in very practical terms, how well can you spot your own impacts if you're <laughs> shooting a longer range target, for example? If you can reduce the recoil and reduce the aiming disruption on any gun, okay, as little recoil as an AR has. People hear me talk about recoil on an AR, and they think, well, the AR doesn't have recoil. Those people don't understand how much less they can have, and they don't understand how much they can reduce the aiming disruption that results from the recoil of their gun Mm -hmm. because they've never shot a gun with a really well-set-up gas control.
1: Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to take another quick break. Talk about mantis. If you haven't checked out the Laser Academy firm Mantis, definitely recommend it. It's a great, visible way to train with your firearm and improve your skills. The Laser Academy gives you everything that you need to practice with your smartphone app and improve your skills without the cost of ammo. The app gives you insights on what you're doing wrong, something that you can't get just by dry firing. The standard kit comes with a choice of calibers for the laser, a carrying case, two tripods, phone holders and target stand holders for $150, or you can get the portable kit for just $99. Again, might make for a great Christmas gift. The app has a bunch of drill options that you can run as well for fun practice, and they're always updating that. Currently, it has 14 modes, including dual modes for friendly competition and more in development. Check it out at mantisx.com. I also noticed that you guys offer assembled uppers. So let's say somebody just doesn't want to be bothered with putting together their own gun or attaching that. You offer where the entire upper is assembled and It seems like there's actually a lot of options for that.
2: Yeah, we, we definitely have a lot of options. And that was all born from customer demand. Okay offered those was not something that certainly on the front end that we, we you know, really said we're going to get into the the upper market mm-hmm. but we had so many customers that would say hey you know I, I love what you're doing with this gas control but i don't have the tools i don't have the time or i don't yeah. have the know how to do this myself you know i don't want to drive an hour to the, the local gunsmith you know if he's in the next town or whatever
3: mm-hmm.
2: and can i just buy one of these on an upper is anybody doing that and you know at the time this is very early on There were no options for that. Now, fortunately, we have Rainier Arms who is coming on board, and they're going to offer OEM solutions with uh, the gas control already installed. Uh, We have a couple of other companies we're working with to do the same. We have uh, factory rifles now, complete rifles that come with the gas control installed. Uh, Spike's Tactical is offering those a new gun to the market, a relatively new gun to the market that's being imported from Slovenia the Perrin X16 formerly had another adjustable gas system on it, one of the set screw types I mentioned earlier. That's no longer on there on most of their models, and they're now going to use the rifle speed gas control. So we are getting more options to the market. But we do offer assembled offers that are are done on a semi-custom basis and try to offer basically two lines or two ranges. One is kind of what I would consider the patrol rifle or the standard model rifle where You're going to have standard forged upper, a nitride finished barrel from one of several manufacturers, and a a very nice, we don't use any low-end parts, but a very nice handguard. The other would be something like a Colt or FN, maybe a hammer forged barrel, a match grade stainless barrel, and a higher-end handguard, something like the Geisley Mark 8. That's just a fantastic handguard. Uh, for a lot of uses, especially if you're going to have an IR laser on the end of it. So we offer a couple of different lines where you've got kind of the, let's call it a base model and then a higher-end model to suit different needs and different budgets. Maybe some in the industry wouldn't like me saying this, but in my opinion, if you're going to put a red dot sight on an upper, then you really don't need an expensive barrel. You're not going to benefit that much from spending, let's say, $300 on a barrel instead of $150 on a barrel. Those those standard finished nitride barrels are going to do basically anything you need them to do. If you've got a you know talking about a red dot or even an LPVO equipped upper, stepping into a nicer a build, a higher end build, you know maybe you've got some magnification on an optic. Uh, you know we can offer anything from uh, Colt to White Oak to even we've done quite a few uppers with a Proof Research carbon fiber barrel. Okay, on a on a much higher end nicer build. Uh, we can do any of that. Everything that comes out is S-fired. We put throws through a, a pretty strenuous process where we shoot them suppressed, unsuppressed. We do quite a bit of work with the gas control and the plunger selection to make sure that the gas control is perfectly tuned for that upper. So that's something where you know you may order it today, everything is in stock today, but it's going to take a few days to ship because we do a thorough range process to make sure that you're not just buying with the expectation of performance and quality, but that we've actually validated that before it goes out the door.
1: Hmm, very cool. I like it. And I love that you guys offer those options. Wrapping it up, do you guys have any plans that you could share with us? for like the upcoming future or, I don't know. I mean, even if like, are you guys going to be at SHOT Show or any other industry events?
2: Yeah, we're actually in the process. In fact, you know, coming back from Suppress Fest last weekend, that's one of my big tasks now is to uh, lay out the event schedule for next year. So all of that is still in the works. Nice. We're focusing initially on events where, you know, there's some either opportunity or orientation slant towards uh, shooting suppressed ARs, or shooting night vision or the higher end equipment. Nice. Uh, you know the the gas control is really applicable to anything. I use those on my my hunting rifles even mm-hmm. because it makes shooting so much more pleasant. But you know as far as the the distance between uh, us meeting a customer and them understanding what we have and why it's important. People who shoot suppressed or who have you know kind of been through the. learning curve of shooting ARs and suppressors and getting into night vision, you know, those shooters are the easiest to reach because they're a little bit farther along that process and that path of becoming more advanced shooters. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of what we're focusing on now. As far as new products, we have quite a few things that are in the works that are a little too early to talk about. We talked earlier about the 875 diameter gas controls. Those are actually late at this point. They were supposed to be out for TriggerCon. We've had some some Holdups with the uh, the spring manufacturer on those, so that's yet to come. Hopefully, before Christmas, we have a lot of other things in the works. Where <laughs> the tough part is, the gas controls are so different, so unique, and really so innovative that you know products like that don't come along every day. So mm-hmm. even though the other things that we're working on are tremendous and we offer you know we're going to have many new things that that the market has not seen before or a better way to do things that maybe they have it's going to be tough to top the gas controls that we have now just based on the completely new design of the product the form factor really offering something that has not been done before and offers the shooter such a real practical capability that they can feel they can hear they can even taste and smell when they're shooting suppressed.
1: Love it. And for those who are wondering, so the gas controls are right now, they're only one ninety nine ninety nine, which also might make for a great Christmas gift as well. That's right. Okay. So lastly, can you just let listeners know what your website is and you're on social media and all that, right?
2: That's right. We do Instagram. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, you can certainly visit us at riflespeed.com. And we have a good amount of educational resources. As I mentioned, the rifle blog has some articles that regardless of your experience as a shooter or with the rifle, I would encourage everyone to read. Of those, the most important are the fallacy of the ideal gas port in balance, the operating system of the AR-15 and AR-10 family of firearms. If you're a gun nerd like me, regardless of your experience, you'll enjoy reading these things and hopefully get a few new ideas and new things to think about As you do.
1: Okay, great. All right, moving on with the rest of the show.
0: Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF.
1: Today in politics. So ballot measure 114 in Oregon has passed. Oregon's population center, which is Portland, is very liberal and generally dictates the outcome of the elections for the rest of the state, which is largely conservative. Which, I mean, that seems to happen a lot, unfortunately. Of the state's 36 counties, only six counties around Portland and Eugene voted for the measure. Even so, the measure passed on a narrow 50.9% to 49.1% margin. The measure will impose a ban on large capacity magazines and establish a permit to purchase system that includes mandatory training, a waiting period, extensive background investigations, and a database of all prospective gun owners. Mags over 10 rounds or that are readily modified to hold over 10 rounds will be banned, and there's very little option for grandfathering. The measure is set to be officially certified on December 15th, which will start a clock on a 30-day window before the new measure officially takes effect. There's obviously not enough time to draft all the policies for implementing the policies in the state. The training requirements aren't defined for the mandatory course. Many sheriffs from the conservative parts of the state have already said that they won't enforce the ban, and there's speculation now as to whether the measure will even actually be enforced. The Second Amendment Foundation is already launching a challenge to the measure on behalf of multiple defendants in the state. They're currently preparing a filing to ask a judge for temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction to prevent the measure from taking effect until a judge can weigh whether it meets constitutional muster. It's quite clear the measure won't pass constitutional scrutiny if the precepts of the Bruin decision are applied, and they've been directed. However, Oregon judges are very liberal, so the outcome is definitely in question. It's very likely the case will have to end up in front of the Supreme Court in order to decide it, or at least a present setting case like the California MagBand case. But this is interesting, and I kind of wonder how it is going to play out, because I live in Colorado. Uh, there is a 15-round mag capacity limit, And this took effect, I think, in, it was July 1st of 2013. But I will say that there was a lot of sheriffs that said that they're not going to enforce it. To this day, you can literally walk into, I mean, I'd say 90% of the gun stores and buy a 30-round magazine or anything that exceeds 15 rounds. You know, I mean, there's a lot of guns that, you know, handguns that are being sold that exceed 15 rounds And before that, I would say like the first year or two, people are just selling them as parts kits, which I guess this measure would probably prevent that. But it would be kind of I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, because even though a lot of these laws are going into effect, I think a lot of people are putting their foot down and just saying, no, this is absolutely ridiculous. And as a result, it's not enforced, but legally, we'll see how it plays out. But definitely a sad day for Oregon.
2: Yeah, I've got family in Oregon, and they're dealing with this right now. And, you know, number one, all gun laws are infringement. I a- agree. Period. Yeah. There's there no exception. And this is a civil rights issue. And honestly, you know, as we've seen through successful civil rights campaigns in the past, the only solution to this is mass noncompliance and civil disobedience.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We have to resist this. We have to fight it through every means possible. And. Not to get too down here, but when you see, you know, the the midterm election results, for example, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: the last numbers I looked at, there were roughly 50 million fewer votes total. I'm talking total nationwide votes in the midterm election compared to the 2020 election. Now, think how different everything could be if, because you know, some portion of that 50 million votes that did not happen. Were let's say our side, even though I, I hesitate to call Republican victories our side at this point. The way they act sometimes, yeah. But nonetheless, good candidates did not get votes that they should have that could have made a difference.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And the like, my family in Oregon, they're stuck there. But at some point, you know, they're they're just to the the point where they have to throw up their hands and say, "Well, there's you know nothing I can do about it because I vote, I try, I put the word out. You know, I talk to people." But we can't give up. We can never stop fighting. And even if the best case scenario is that we conduct a holding action to delay the inevitable, we owe future generations that fight. and We have to do it.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I mean, it sounds extreme, but it's, I mean, at this point, if we don't put our foot down, just think of all the other states that, I mean, how much, you know, laws have changed and it's definitely not working in our favor. And like you said, any sort of gun law is definitely an infringement. I couldn't agree more.
2: And, you know, we we can also point to some good victories, you know, which this is heartening that that we've had the the Bruin case Mm and EPA versus West Virginia in the last couple of years. But just like the Democrats continue to push their racist policies of segregation and Jim Crow during the civil rights era when desegregation was happening for the schools and you know, all of those issues were really being brought to a head. But they continued to double down on their racist policies then, just like they are doing now
1: mm-hmm.
2: on their anti-gun policy. Yeah, It's a really so good we point. We can't give up the fight. We have to keep pushing. And it's, you know, I've been on some of the gun boards here in the last few days, and it's a little disheartening to see so many people that throw up their hands and say, I quit. I know. never, never quit. You never stop fighting.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the same thing as like, even in Colorado, there's a lot of people that are fed up with the politics in Colorado and they're like, I'm moving. And I had this conversation with Clint Smith a while ago, but I'm like, the minute that you move, you're basically part of the problem. Like, why are we giving these people our state? Like, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to continue to fight. I'm not just like, oh, well, you know, things aren't going the way I want it. And I'm going to leave. Like, that's just not the attitude to have. And I, I couldn't agree more.
2: Yeah, there's there's certainly a point where maybe you can say that, you know, my resources are better spent elsewhere, my efforts are better spent elsewhere, mm-hmm. but I don't think, you know, most of us are in that situation. And even those people who are behind the enemy lines, there's a fight to be had there, too. Look at what happened in the midterms with the New York and California congressional races. Mm-hmm. The majority yeah. exists because of the actions of conservatives in blue states, yeah. behind enemy lines, still fighting.
1: Yeah, I agree. Well said. All right. Franklin Armory. I don't know if you had a chance to actually, no, I was thinking that you were pretty close to Franklin Armory's booth, but you were actually on the suppressor range, but have you had a chance to shoot in binary mode?
2: You know, I have not. It's on my list. And Uh, that's something that it, you know, very beneficial if you've got a gas control installed, uh, but I've not done so. I really want to.
1: You know, that would probably, I could have used that because, so I just installed it on the Sentry Arms AP-5 and my AK. The AP-5 was like a blast issue. I got to say the AK was a little rough <laughs> and that's because I don't have a muzzle device on it. I have to, I'm going to have to like thread it or something to put a muzzle device. So it was literally like I mean, it was kind of throwing me all around, and I'll post a video on that sure. on my Instagram. <laughs> but it was kind of comical, but yeah, it was still fun. But yeah, I just I love shooting binary triggers. Franklin Armory has just perfected them. They just came out with the CZ Scorpion binary trigger, and it's a complete module drop-in. So it's not as easy to install like as you would with the AR trigger, but it's not as difficult as some. So I'd say if you do a lot of your own work, you should be able to install it on your own. If you're interested in getting one, head on over to franklinarmory.com. Remember to use the code AVA, that's A-V-A, and that's going to get you 10% off your order. And I can't emphasize this enough. They are so much fun.
0: Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours.
1: Today's Q&A is somebody asked, how fun is that flamethrower that you got last week? Do we get to see it in action soon? I honestly, I can't say whether it's fun or not. I have not used it so far. I've only taken pictures with it and there's a few things. So it's from Exothermic and they make this like attachable flamethrower that goes on the handguard of your AR The only downfall is your AR has to have a Picatinny rail on the bottom for it to attach to, which I didn't have a ton of ARs that had that. So I put it on an FN AR and so far only took pictures with it because I'm trying to think I'm like, okay, where am I going to use this? And as dry as it is in Colorado, I'm like, I don't want to be that person that's on the news for like trying out their new... (laughs) <laughs> their new, you know, flamethrower and then lights in the entire, you know, Colorado Springs on fire. So, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe like the parking lot of the gun store I can try, but I, I definitely have to make sure that I'm taking precaution when using it. Or I was like, I joked because the day that I got it, it actually snowed in Colorado. And so I was like, oh, I can clear the snow from my driveway and, you know, meet my <laughs> new neighbors that way. But I, can you imagine, I guarantee they would call the cops on me within like seconds.
2: Oh, that'd be hilarious though.
1: I know. I like what I wouldn't give to just put up a few hidden cameras and just see the reactions. But I plan on living here for a little bit longer than I anticipated just because (laughs) moving is like a total bitch. And I, this wasn't going to be my forever house, but I'm like, you know what? It's looking pretty good. Like it could be my forever house. So I don't really want to get on my... I don't know. Some neighbors, they'll probably be like, oh, my God, this chick's awesome. And then other neighbors are going to be like, watch out for the girl that lives in that white and gray house.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She has a (laughs) flamethrower. Yeah, with
1: an AR. It would be so it's one thing to have a flamethrower, which is already going to turn heads, but it's another to have it attached to your AR, which is like going to make freaking people's heads explode. Yeah. But I do have to come up with a video this month for it. So I gotta get creative. I'll stand by, but after I, you know, release it, I'll let you guys know what I think about it and if it's easy to use. But it seems like it's pretty easy to use and it just takes gasoline. I don't know, it's not attached to anything, but we'll see. I'll, I'll let you guys know. I'll do a follow-up on that. IWI. IWI's new Masada Slim, it looks a lot like the full-size Masada, but it's a lot smaller and thinner. If anything, you know, I'd say that it's very similar to the P365. I really love the gun. And just like the Masada, the Slim has a ton of features for a great price, only $450 MSRP. So, you're looking at like roughly $400 for this gun, maybe even lower. I did actually recently talk to somebody from IWI. They are importing a lot more guns daily. So, you should see them in a lot more gun stores or if nothing else, do like a, a search for them online because they are out there. They are optic ready. And then it also comes with irons that you can co-witness through, you know, any of like the Shield, the Romeo Zero or the Hollison 507K compact red dots that it's made to fit. It has a really nice crisp flat face trigger. It comes with two 13 round mags. And something totally genius that they did is that it's compatible with the Jericho Mags, which have been on the market here for a long time. The Jericho Mags hold 17 rounds. Kind of great if you want to just practice, you know, at the range. I know that they were making a sleeve for it to fill up that gap. But it's kind of nice how it just goes from being like a concealed carry gun to hey, if you want to use it for home defense or you know just practice with it at the range, and you don't want to have to keep loading it a lot more often than you would with that extra four rounds, which could make a difference. If you want to know more about the specs and all of that, head on over to iwi.us. And if you find any accessories in the web store, remember, if you use the code GUNFUNNY15, all one word, you're going to get 15% off your entire order from the web store. So any of the accessories that you see.
0: Tacti Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now.
1: Today in Tacti Talk. Law Tactical introduces the ARIC, and hopefully that's I have to think that it is called the ARIC because it can't be like the Eric, but who knows? <laughs> so hopefully I'm saying that right. <laughs> but Law Tactical, they're really well known for like their popular side folding mechanism for the AR-15. But the only drawback was that you had to deploy the stock in order to fire your rifle. They just came out with another product for the ARs that changes this and is even kind of a bigger game changer. It's called the AR Internal Carrier. It's a heavily modified bolt carrier group that includes two recoil springs on guide rods that allow a shortened bolt carrier to cycle internally. And I actually recently saw this. Maybe it was like Brownells. They put out an email and I was like, huh, that's an interesting bolt carrier group. Didn't really think too much of it. Like I meant to click on it, but I've been busy. But now I'm like, okay, that's what they were displaying. In other words, add the ARC to your AR with a law tactical folder, and now you could fire repeatedly folded because the entire recoil system is now captured with the BCG, the bolt carrier group. It replaces your standard BCG recoil spring and buffer and drops right in without any tools to work with the law tactical folder. But I'm thinking, does this work with other things as well that normally, like a stern defense, how... They have a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff, but you know it has to be the whatever gun. You know the buffer system has to be different. Or on some products, it can't have a buffer tube. So I'm like, does this change? You know, is this kind of a game changer for other products, not just the Law Tactical folder? Which I don't know. I yeah, that's look.
2: the exact same I thought. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like so I'm like, okay, that's cool. The the Law Tactical folder is cool and everything. But I'm like, this could be like an even bigger game changer for the guns that you could only put that folder like there was, I forget, there was a few companies that made stock folders, but again, you couldn't put it on an AR because it had a buffer tube and yeah, spring and all the that.
2: Tube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I look at like the MCX stock and there's, there's several clones of that out now. I think JMAC customs makes a few that are, you know, they'll clamp onto the, the pick rail adapter on the back of a receiver of something like an MCX. And I, I see this, Bulk carrier group that you're talking about come out and I think there's you know lots of applications that you know one of those things where it starts out one way but maybe there's other applications that we you know haven't gotten to yet and I see that happening with this thing as well because you know that that buffer tube has always been such a constraint on the AR that Mm -hmm. you're kind of limited to working with that
1: yeah I completely agree The ARIC is available in two versions. So there's the ARICC for the unsuppressed and then the ARICM for use with suppressors. And they have a version select guide on their site with more details depending on the caliber. And if you want to use a suppressor, MSRP is $389.99. And like I said, it seems to be available like they just launched, I think, within this week. So definitely, you know, check it out. and I'm curious to see people who do reviews on this and like you said, to see if it's applicable to other applications. right. Caldwell. If you guys want a good, affordable target for distance shooting that you could put up anywhere with no setup, check out the 33% Pepper Popper from Caldwell. The Pepper Poppers are awesome because they have a spring-loaded target on a steel base that you could just set up out in the field without putting up posts or anything, which, let's face it, is a pain in the ass. Just carry the target and stand out there, and boom, it's set up. The target is a long, skinny silhouette that's popular for three gun competition. Best of all, it's only $99. But if you use the code GUNFUNNY10, all one word, you're going to get 10% off your entire order. And that is at CaldwellShooting.com.
0: Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- never mind. AF.
1: Today's AF segment. This was kind of interesting to read. Okay, so Titanic Gambler may finally get his payday. George Brereton, hopefully I'm saying the last name right, was most likely on the Titanic for nefarious purposes. The card shark and gambler had targeted the wealthy first-class passengers on the ship. He survived the sinking on April 14th, 1912 by finding his way onto a lifeboat, even though they were for women and children first, and very few men found places on the lifeboats. Burrington hung onto a copy of the first-class passenger list that he had in his pocket during the sinking. That passenger list is going up for auction this week and it's expected to fetch around $95,000. It's not just the passenger list. It has his written remarks and notations about who on the list were millionaires. In other words, his target list of people to cheat at the card table. The list is extremely rare, only a few are known to have survived, and this one is obviously unique with his notes about his remarks. They also contain information on wireless telegraph rates, how to hire steamer chairs, and more everyday necessities, which I'm like, what the hell is a steamer chair? I know what a steamer is, and I know what a chair is, but put them together? That's interesting. <laughs> uh, Never heard of it, yeah. I know. Brayton's name appeared on the list as George Brayton, which is either an alias or a misspelling. Unfortunately, George isn't really going to see his you know, payday because he died in 1942, but it looks like his ship may have finally come in at the auction uh, 110 years later, which is just so interesting. I don't know. It's crazy to think that a list would go for
2: $95,000. Oh, yeah. Yeah. History buffs, you know, and it's such a fascinating thing, too, to think. Just imagine the trail from from printing press to this auction, where that has been and and the history it's been involved with.
1: Yeah. And then I wonder who does the money go to? Like, I wonder who has the list in their possession right now. (laughs) And if it's a relative that, you know, just so happened to go through, you know, some old stuff and found it or if it's been passed down. I mean, who knows, like maybe his clothes were donated to a Goodwill and then Goodwill found the list in a pocket. Mm -hmm. It's always interesting to see how this stuff goes from hand to hand.
2: It is. I mean, if you put it in a modern context, you have to think. Okay, if I had been the, you know, air quotes here, conspiracy theorist saying that this unsinkable ship was going to sink, would I be canceled back then, like you're yeah. canceled today for going against the narrative?
1: I know. Yeah. No kidding. All right. iTunes review. So one, I'd like to say, thank you so much guys for writing in a review. It's great to know that you guys are listening and that I'm not just sitting here talking to myself or just, you know, talking with my guests, which that would still be okay because I, you know, thoroughly enjoy my guests and for myself, if nothing else, learning about, you know, different companies and stuff, but today's reviews. So drew Gen 86 titled Great Podcast, Five Stars, found out about Ava through another YouTube channel she was a guest on and decided to check her podcast. Most guests I've never heard of, but thoroughly enjoy the conversations, especially because in this industry, most people are behind the scenes, so it's great to hear from them too. Five stars all around, cheers. And second is DD or Duncan, (laughs) S-K-S-N-S-J-J-A-J-S-B. Titled Always Interesting, Five Stars, Great Guests, Interesting Conversation, and became one of my favorites. Kyle, out of the first and the second review, I want you to pick one to win a prize pack.
2: Well, with a, a username like uh, the that second one... Uh... <laughs> You gotta go with that guy because I
1: have <laughs> right? no idea what it says. <laughs> I know. I think he was just like, Oh, I gotta create a username. Ugh. And so he just typed in a bunch of quick little letters and was like, Screw right. it. All right, cool. Created a profile and now I can leave this review. <laughs> All right. So D D U K forever now. Yeah. So whatever that name is, contact me, head on over to gunfunny.com, click on the contact us form and send me a good mailing address to send that prize pack out to. And that's also where you can find links to all the social media, YouTube, iTunes, iHeartRadio, all that good stuff. Also, I would definitely encourage you guys to become a patron, especially if you like the show. We're about to do our secret Santa, which is always fun. We've, I don't know how many years now. Maybe it's been five years that we've been doing it and we link patrons up with each other. It's obviously a secret Santa, but then you have to post a video on the Patreon page on Facebook of you opening it. And it's just always been a lot of laughs and I don't know, just a good time you know, another reason to become a Patreon, but you can do so, but either going to patreon.com or going to gunfunny.com and clicking on the support the show link. There's also a link in the show notes as well. And blown deadline, of course, is giving away a 300 gift certificate to a lucky Patreon each month to do an awesome Cerakote job. Also wanted to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran eight 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 eight, Sake Holsters, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Calamore, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, Tristan Smith, and Melissa Ridings. And of course, King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. Kyle, thank you so much for your time and telling us, you know, what rifle speed is all about and how the company you know became and really just how you guys solved a pressure point that you know everyone needed but nobody knew how to solve so thank you for all your hard work in developing that can you just remind listeners once again where they can find you on the website social media everything
2: else yes come see us at riflespeed.com check us out on instagram and watch our videos on youtube all
1: right great All right, guys. Well, I will see you next week. I hope everyone has a great week. And Kyle, thanks again.
2: Thank you.
0: Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.